Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Yep, it's all over now. Jimmy Butler would have gotten all the credit had the Heat won, and now it feels like he needs to deserve all of the blame now that the season's over. Stone Labanowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. The season was on the line. The chance at hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy for the first time for Jimmy Butler was on the line. I mean, his legacy, most of what Jimmy Butler's legacy is going to be when he does retire, he's not young anymore, he's like 33, going on 34, was all on the line last night in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. And what did he put up in that stat line? 21 points on 5 for 18 shooting, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. In 41 minutes, he'd lose 94 89, Jimmy Butler, too little, too late. He had a nice little run in that fourth quarter. He was gifted. He was gifted three free throws by Scott Foster. And still, it wasn't enough. The Miami Heat lose. The season's over. And uh, I'm at a a loss for words. It's tough. It was the weirdest way to watch the Miami Heat go out. There was no way I thought it would end that way. Felt like it was inevitable that the Nuggets would win the series, but you didn't see it happening at the, really, I mean, it was on Jimmy Butler. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. In for Ken Lavica here from noon to 2 as he is cruising the high seas, and, and at least I know he's having a good time. He's able to numb himself with the sound of the water and the flowing of, um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's it's uh, bottomless daiquiris when you hit a cruise. Right, Stone Labanowitz? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I'm glad, and dare I say this, but today would be a brutal day mm. if Ken were here. He'd be sounding off the alarm. I actually don't know <laughs> which angle Ken would take, but with him not having any Wi-Fi on that cruise and not being able to blow Twitter up, feel all right. Feel all right. Do we think he knows? Does he know just, that the Heat, because there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah, but obviously they have TVs and they're playing the finals. Okay, you're right. You're the, right. That cruise left from South Florida. How will we ever know what Ken Levicka's reaction to these NBA finals were? Like, is it, if a tree falls in a forest and nobody hears it, did it ever happen? Did it make a sound? Like, what is, what's the, how do we gauge it? So, Brian McLovin Rowitz also went on this cruise with him. Oh, I would imagine. Yes. I would imagine. Brian TV guy that he had the camera rolling yes, yes, on yes, Kent yes. to watch him, whether it was break a glass, break a window, break a chair, whatever it was. I'm sure there's video evidence of that. There's got to be something out there. And again, it felt inevitable. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Congratulations to any Denver Nuggets fans out there, which I'm sure there's one or two. Uh, it's been a long time coming. You have yourself a bona fide superstar and a guy that's going to be a problem in the league for the next decade, likely, in Nikola Jokic. And most importantly, you got yourself an NBA championship, which once you have one of those, everything feels justified. Everything feels uh, just a okay. 
been a while since the Miami Heat have been able to hoist one. It's been since 2013. We felt like this year could be one of the most historic runs in NBA history that could potentially be capped off by a championship. So many hurdles for the Heat to climb. Obviously, you go the the whole postseason pretty much without a 20-point-per-game score in Tyler Hero. Um, you have no kind of big man rotation behind Bam Adebayo, which is why five games into the NBA Finals, Eric Spolstra is still forced to put Cody Zeller out there, even if for a few few minutes out there with the season on the line, and he he totally proved yet again he can't play Cody. And and here we are, man. It it just at what point, Stone? At what point did you really did it sink in that the season was over? That the I know the buzzer sounds and you see the Nuggets celebrating. At what point for you did you realize, hey, this thing is uh, this thing's all over with? For me, and this does seem premature, I, I think on face value, but game three at Kaseya Center. Wow. Like they even the series, they came back home and you thought, wow, like they have a real shot at making this thing 2 1. They have a real shot at never trailing, at never, ever, ever trailing in a series after that game one loss to the Nuggets the entire postseason. You thought, okay, like they, they, they do this and then they got swamped in that game three at home and you realize and I think you know we touched on it a lot yesterday we've been touching on it for the past few weeks the size differential between these two teams is oh so evident yeah like even to the untrained eye like it it just looks like one team deserves to be out there and the other doesn't which is I think the Miami Heat's MO but yeah game three at Kaseya Center taking a look at the size watching Jamal Murray and Jokic do their thing the tandem and, and how deadly they were in the 30 point triple doubles it was like okay okay this is a tall mountain to climb so for me it was game three for me it kind of felt like at game four when I was at Kaseya Center and witnessing how deep Celebrity Row was seeing literally all the stars were out I mean there were guys because the Miami Heat PR they put out a note to the media of all of the celebrities um, that'll be there that they are expected to attend or they have confirmed, right? So it's always robust, and you always have all these big names. They had so many celebrities there at Game Four that there were guys like OBJ didn't get listed. Odell Beckham Jr. was in the house; he didn't get listed. Obviously, Conor McGregor also pulled up and had his whole stunt for Game Four. He wasn't listed as well, but like those are the kind of names that weren't even on the list given to the media. It was packed and flooded with all the big names. I even ran into uh, to Monica McNutt, ESPN, who wasn't even working a game. She just actually came as a fan to show up as well. Like There were so many people just in the house. And what it felt like to me, especially after the Heat gave that lethargic performance in the third quarter of Game 4 and then folded out in the fourth quarter, it felt like everybody was getting their last little taste of Miami because they knew we weren't coming back here for Game 6. I definitely think there's something to that. Like, all the international stars yes. as well. The Paul Pogba's... You Neymar know, Jr. Neymar. They all Everybody up. was there. You're right. I think there's something to that. I, they were it, like, yo, this is the last... The, the Heat uh, front office... Well, not front office. The sales team was like, look, guys, look. This is the last chance you got to pull up, kick it, come hit South Beach. You pull up here a little late. You get to show off your outfit. Uh, it's the NBA Finals. It's the big stage. You're not going to Denver. You know you don't want I mean, Denver's nice, but this is Miami. And they gave them that last shot to pull up, and everybody enjoyed themselves. And the Heat got ran off their gym. Then they went to to Denver, and and we saw what happened last night. Yeah, and, and you host one of our seasonal shows every time the postseason comes around. As far as the NBA goes, we call it heating up. Yeah. We, we talk on it all the time, about an hour before tip-off. We preach, you know, what we expect to happen, who we think are going to be the MVPs and whatnot. And in full transparency, you know, having conversations with management and a lot of people who direct when and where and 
how we're going to record these shows. I don't think any of us thought it was coming back to Miami yeah, in there, game six. There were no preliminary plans right. around a pregame heating up show for game six. So for those of you who are enjoying the heating ups before each finals game and each playoff game, um, yeah, ESPN West Palm, because I'm on vacation starting tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I am as well. Yeah, and JMP, I think, is still out. Ken Levick <laughs> and Brian mclevin Rowitz are on a boat. Josh Cohen, I believe, is is uh, on vacation or is out of the office as well. There was going to be nobody here Thursday to do a pregame show for the Heat had they forced the game six. So maybe they just were looking out for our scheduling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I think there's something to that. Yeah, I mean, there were no preliminary, nothing. Nothing, nothing at no all. No conversations had. It was Who's to blame for that? Is it us or management? It's got to be management. It's not our fault that we're all planning our vacations I, and we have no backup plan to do heating up. I think on a day like today, we got to put the blame on Jimmy Butler. That's, you're, I mean, you're right. He, he's the man with the ball Damn in his hands. Right. He had the opportunity to bring this to a tie game within one possession and whatever he did late in that stretch, which was ugly to a lot of us, I think he uh, deserves a lot of the blame. Let's talk about it. Game 5 NBA Finals elimination game. The Nuggets come in up 3-1 with a chance to have the coronation of their very own King, Nikola Jokic, in front of home fans. It's always best to close out an NBA Finals on your home court, right? That That's number one. Like You always want to have that chance to celebrate with your own fans to be able to have all of your family in town. The post-game celebrations are a lot better when you're able to do it in your own backyard. Like, this is what you dream of, especially for a franchise's first title. So the Nuggets come out, and they are completely flat. They're missing every single three-pointer. I think they started off one for 17 from beyond the arc. Everything was shaping up for the Miami Heat to have a solid game to extend this to six and bring it back to Kaseya Center. Everything Stone Labanowitz except for one thing was missing. One person was on that milk carton from the tip of the game until about midway through the fourth quarter. One person was yet to be seen. One per- I, had a, I actually got an Amber Alert to my phone. An Amber Alert to my phone. It's, it's, I'm like, we're in the middle of a game. What's going on here? It's buzzing. It's buzzing. I look down. It's number 22, Jimmy Butler. The guy that I picked as my Duffy's MVP to be the one to show out. We called for playoff Jimmy in what ended up being the last game of the, of the season for the Miami Heat. This was it. This is the last bash. In fact, listen to Jimmy Butler himself. Listen to Jimmy Butler himself after game four at Kaseya Center when, again, the Heat just fell completely flat in the third quarter and couldn't bounce back in the fourth quarter enough to hold off the Nuggets. And they're down 3-1. And like he's been doing all playoffs long, he's been preaching the same optimistic message. He's been preaching the same tone. We are going to get the job done in the next one. We didn't get it done tonight. We'll make it happen. It worked so many times early in the playoffs, but in these NBA Finals against the Denver Nuggets, positive speech, pep talks, affirmations, obviously didn't cut it. Um, No doubt. Um, We don't have any of that. We don't have no quit. We're going to continually fight starting tomorrow to get better, and then we're going to go on to Monday and and do what we said we were going to do this entire time and win. We have to. Um, we have no other choice. Otherwise, we did all this for no reason. So the guys know, we know, um, we got something to do. Except he did have another choice, and that was to go 5 for 18, 21 points, play with that same passive energy when he got to the rim, and then even when he got bailed out, on that three-point attempt where he kicked his leg out, obviously, Aaron Gordon hit his leg. He got three free throws on the three-pointer that he 
had really no shot of making it in the first place. Um, and he na- he nails all three free throws. I'll give him that, that yep. credit at least. Brings him within one. Brings him within one. But even with all of that, Jimmy Butler, I, that shot he took, the shot he took on the right wing, similar spots where he hit the earlier three pointers over Aaron Gordon. He, it was like a catch and shoot fadeaway three pointer with with 15 seconds left. Early in the shot clock, Stone Labanowitz. It just for you, and I know your your experience is more so Division One college football quarterback, a playoff winning quarterback. You're a football guy, but you know the game. You know basketball very well. What percentage would you put on that kind of a shot with that much time left on the clock? There's no way. There's no way that that's the best shot that he could have gotten that possession. What what level of percentage would you put on that fadeaway shot in front of one of the best defenders in the league? For Jimmy Butler, who's not a great three-point shooter. Yeah, part of me wants to say twenty-five percent. That sounds high. Like, like he, like he makes you know one of four. That like, sounds high. It, but it, but it sounds high. So I, I think it's less than that. I think all things considered, it's more like a 12 percent shot. Like he didn't have it going on. And I think when you look at his twenty-one points, if I'm not mistaken, fourteen of those came in the fourth quarter. So do that yeah. math. Yes. Yeah. So he wasn't even touching double digits up until that midway point of the fourth quarter. Like that's a huge problem. And you talked about us naming him the MVP or at least predicting that he was going to be the biggest factor in that game. We had to almost like by default had to go with Jimmy Butler because we both said if Jimmy Butler doesn't drag these guys past the finish line, like nobody else is. Well, come to find out it ended up being Kyle Lowry, who was the one keeping us in that ball game, holding Jimmy Butler above water and preventing him from drowning. Percentage wise, though, I'm going to go 10, 12 percent like that shot's not going in, Jimmy. I, I don't think. Even if you're the, the most diehard of all diehard Heat fans, you're not confident in that shot. You don't like when you see him. You're honestly questioning. I think we were all doing the same thing, questioning, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, no, 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 no. When you it was see, a no, no, no when, shot. When you, it was a no, no, no shot. When you see him raising up, you're you're like, oh, no. Like, this is not. And then you're looking at the clock, and then you just kind of melt into your seat. Whether you're standing, you melt to the floor. Like, whatever it is, it was a bad situation. Hated every part of it. So let's play the blame game today. And I know it's a hard game to play, especially as a Heat fan, following the season being over, following a demoralizing Game 5 where at least your Miami Heat gave you a good fight, but they came up short in the end, and it was somewhat of a backbreaker to lose in that fashion. Knowing that you had a chance, knowing that the role players did everything that they could do in a game like this. Kyle Lowry off the bench was amazing. Championship pedigree. Bam Adebayo all game long and really all series long had been consistent for the Heat. But Jimmy Butler... Wasn't playoff Jimmy, and especially when the Heat needed them the most. To me, Jimmy Butler would have gotten all of the credit, just like he got the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, even though Caleb Martin maybe had a good say at it, just like he got the credit for the Eastern Conference Finals win over the Celtics. Jimmy Butler would have gotten all of the credit if the Heat would have found a way to pull out these NBA Finals. And coming off of that performance, with that kind of meltdown down the stretch, also let's not forget the pass that he threw directly into the arms of of Contavious Caldwell Pope that leads a fast break for the Nuggets, that kind of performance down the stretch, I believe this is all on the shoulders of Jimmy Butler. This it, He is the sole, sole owner of blame for the Miami Heat, not losing the series per se, but particularly losing in that fashion in Game 5. The Heat, it felt inevitable. The Nuggets were a better team by a much larger margin than even the Bucks and the Celtics were than the Heat, even though the Heat fought their way through those series. This series was, uh, it felt like insurmountable for the Miami Heat. But Game 5 wasn't. 
The Nuggets did not play their best game. In fact, they played poorly. They scored 94 points at home, and they shot. What did they shoot from beyond the arc? I know they cleaned it up. 17% from beyond the arc. They were third. They were 5 of 28. Oh, my goodness, gave them 13. They were 5 of 28 from behind the three-point line. They shot 17% from deep. They scored 94 points, and and the Heat couldn't find a way to win that game because Jimmy Butler didn't show up when the Heat needed him most. Jimmy Butler, to me, and again, he's been amazing these past four years. All of that put to the side. Last night, he was abysmal. He was a guy that, that literally let his team down in the biggest moment. He got his team there. But then he let his team down, and it's going to be hard for him to skate that. He's going to have to show people that he is, quote-unquote, Hemi again, or Jimmy Buckets again. Like that, that aura that Jimmy Butler has built up by playing so tenaciously and being reliable in every single clutch moment for the Miami Heat, all of that kind of trickles away a little bit. And now you're going to start questioning more if he can be that A1 guy for the Miami Heat and they can win a championship behind him. I, before this series, I thought, yes, still to this day, Jimmy Butler as a one works for the Miami Heat. He could be the first scoring option, and the Miami Heat can win a championship. Now I'm not so sure. Now I'm not so sure, and especially after what Jokic showed me and what I know Giannis Antetokounmpo can be, and then you look on the other side, you still got KD and Booker together. LeBron James is still in the NBA. Steph Curry is still out west as well. Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic didn't even make the playoffs this year. I mean, the, the league is talented as hell. And you got a guy going five for 18, a, a pivotal turnover at the end of the game. When, when you, you, you put the ball in the hands of Jimmy Butler because you believe he's going to make the right play. And, and down the stretch, he made two plays that you would expect Michael Porter Jr. to be making. Jimmy Butler fell to Miami Heat last night. He deserves most of the blame. And I wonder who you feel deserves the blame because also Eric Spolster did play Cody Zeller again, even if it was for one minute. He did make that choice. He turned around, he pointed to Cody Zeller. He was minus five in one minute. It's, it's, <laughs> it was my, incredible. It's, it's my first time experiencing that in my entire oh. my entire lifetime now we cover the sport. But to play 60 Jeez. seconds and be minus five, I, I still don't understand how that's possible. Maybe it involves a little of the air ball and involves the turnover. But he's hot garbage, and I, I don't think he'll be wearing a heat uniform next year. There's no way. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's the number to call in here to Ken LeVick Alive. Who deserves the most blame for the Miami Heat losing last night and these NBA Finals um, at a whole? 888-760-3776. I say Jimmy Butler all the way. And again, it's hard to blame these role players. It's hard to, to look at a guy like Gabe Vincent and say, hey, you went 3 for 13, 0 for 4 from deep. You've been bad offensively for most of the finals. It's hard to go at a guy like that because that's not what you're expecting out of Gabe Vincent. That's not what you – like Gabe Vincent's contract matches his production for once. He was outplaying his contract. A guy like Kevin Love, who was minus 11 on the court, 1 for 4 from deep, he didn't give you much. But he's Kevin Love. He got a couple blocks at the rim. He was good enough for you. Duncan Robinson was good enough for you. Bam Adebayo outplayed what a lot of our expectations was for him. And he also was defending Nikola Jokic most of the game, which is not an easy task. These, These guys did their job. The role players, the others, his teammates, as Jimmy Butler likes to call them, they did their job. Jimmy Butler didn't. And he's got to eat that, and, and we as Miami Heat fans have to figure out how we digest that and move forward. Stone, you watched that game. You watched these finals. 
Who do you put the most blame on right now for the Miami Heat and how they fell down in Game 5 in Denver? For me, it's the trio, or I'll call them a duo, or I don't know what you call it, a group of four. But <laughs> a, it, it, a, a, a quad, quadruplet? Just a quad. A quad. The quad there's that, a word for it. There's definitely a word for it. That's tasked with <laughs> being the team to knock down the three-point shots for the Miami Heat. Quartet. The quartet. Nice. The quartet. The quartet that is tasked with knocking down these three-pointers for the Miami Heat. It essentially, is what got us here. Yeah. right? Because you go through the 82 games in the regular season, and we're being clowned at how low of a clip we're shooting this three ball. Well, the postseason starts. We get in that Milwaukee series, and here we are. We're finding ourselves shooting three-pointers at a 50% clip. Yeah. And for the Heat doubters and the, and the Heat haters out there, this isn't sustainable, quote-unquote. That's what was being said. Well, said it was it in the first series. It wasn't the second series, and it wasn't the third series. But here in the Denver Nuggets series, that definitely fell apart. And we talked time and time again about regressing to the mean. Like, they regressed to the mean. There was nothing that they could do. We're 9 of 35 last night. Uh, 9 of 35 last night. 25%. We don't even have to talk about Denver shooting 17%. We, don't, we, we definitely don't have to talk about that. We don't have that. to go that far, no. But shooting 9 of 35 beyond the arc, and when you look at the box score, when you're looking at these guys that are tasked with that being their job, like the Max Struces, 1 of 6 from beyond the arc. Gabe Vincent, 0 of 4 from beyond the arc. Kevin Love, right, the veteran, 1 of 4 from beyond the arc. You bring in a guy yeah. like Caleb Martin, how do you do? 0 of 4. From beyond the arc. And oh yeah, Debo, Duncan Robinson. He's been our man. One of three from beyond the arc. So we can clown Jimmy all we want per se, but Jimmy's going to do Jimmy. Like They're playing him defensively in certain ways. They're throwing different looks at him. Like It's easier said than done for Jimmy. So, so we, in a sense, we can lay off. But they were in this game, and they would have won this game if they knocked down some of those shots from beyond the arc, and they didn't do that. So I'm blaming Gabe Vincent. I'm blaming Caleb Martin. I'm blaming Duncan Robinson. And I'm most definitely blaming... Max Struess, who was wow. one for six in 0 of five last game, so he's like one of twelve from beyond the arc in the past two games, and, and so so for me it's the quartet, the, the quartet, the quartet. They get all the blame to me. So for me, it's Jimmy Butler. He would have gotten all of the credit if the Miami Heat won Game Five and even went on to win the series. And I just, I think he also has to brunt most of the blame. He didn't show up. He threw the ball away. He took that ill-advised three-pointer. Stone Labanowitz is blaming. The quartet of shooters for the Heat. And I can't really knock them either because they were terrible as well in the past three, four games in these NBA Finals. Who do you blame? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We've got David in Jupiter. Let's start with Kevin in Lake Worth. Kevin is in Lake Worth. Kevin's in Lake Worth. He's on Ken Levick Alive. What's happening, Kev? How we doing, fellas? Uh, I've been better. I've been better, Kevin. Been better. Did you did you happen to witness yeah. what happened last night? <laughs> I did. I did. And I think it's actually important to not play the blame game and I want to play the praise game because we have to be nice. we have to look at it from from a whole whole playoff long view of things and that we were a minute away from not even being in the playoffs to being in the finals. All right. And I'm not gonna sit here and, and blame Jimmy Butler for a bad game five in the NBA Finals when there's no chance that we're even there without Jimmy Butler. Uh, I kind of looked at it as after winning Game 7 in Boston, my season was kind of made. So I, I, if we wow. would have lost that game, I, I, I would have been, been pretty pretty bummed. Being in the Finals against the Nuggets, I, I was like playing with fool's gold. Like, House money, right? We lose that series, and, and we did. They are more athletic, more talented than us. And we lost because we lost to the better team. Um, you know, Stone touched on it. 
we always talked about how Jimmy was this selfless superstar, getting others involved and, uh, you know, get, putting the confidence in his teammates. And then once those teammates start not doing the job, it's now all Jimmy Butler's fault. I'm not, I'm not going that route. Uh, I think did, as Kevin, I have a question he, though. Did Jimmy's teammates take that ill-advised three over Aaron Gordon? Did Jimmy's teammates drive into traffic, turn around, get passive, and then throw the ball right to Contavious Caldwell Pope down the stretch? You can praise him for how he got us there, and also in that next breath, blame him for the way that he folded in the big moments in, in the NBA Finals with elimination on the line. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't excuse the bad plays that he had, but I'm also not going to trash the guy like other other uh, radio shows have, have done as well, when people were calling him Jimmy Buckets for, for three rounds, and now people are mockingly calling him Jimmy No Buckets. Right. Like, no, I, I, can't, I can't do that. I, it's, it's like a prisoner of the moment type feeling where we want to blame Love somebody when, when you lose. How about you just say the other team was the better team, which they were? That's, that's true, and appreciate the call, Kevin. The difference is, for me, is... If the Nuggets had played well and just played the Heat off the court last night, I would have no problem with the way that things ended. Even if the Heat played well enough to win and Jimmy Butler played well and just missed a shot, similar to Game 7 of the Celtics-Heat series last year, I would say, you know what, that's a good shot that Jimmy Butler took as Al Horford dropped into the paint and forced him into that shot. He played and made the right decision, and the the ball just missed. Jimmy Butler made mistakes last night that were uncharacteristic of him. He played uncharacteristically by, again— until the fourth quarter came around in an elimination game, he was absent. So again, I, I'm not one of I'm not bashing Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying that he's a terrible player. He's not him anymore. He's Jimmy No Buckets. But what I am saying is, he's totally to blame for how the Heat fell last night. It wasn't the Nuggets outplaying them. It was Jimmy Butler underplaying what he's usually been able to give us. Yeah, right on the money. And I and I, I appreciate the call from Kevin because he pointed out kind of how we got here and that being Jimmy's. I mean. The entire reason that we did I love this it. point. So, yeah. like, we're going to get there. We're, we're going to praise. But it's the day after the NBA Finals where we were eliminated when Jimmy Butler was or had the ball in his hands and he's typically came through in those situations. So I think we're being hard on him, but I think in a sense it's warranted. But I do hear what he's saying, and trust me, trust me, we have weeks and months to praise Jimmy, and we're going to do that. He yeah. is the, the heart and soul of this team. I think the city of Miami loves him. Last night, though, head-scratching moments and, and kind of asking ourselves, you know, what's to come for him. We're allowed to do that. Like, we're warranted yeah. in that thought process. Let's keep it rolling. And Jimmy wouldn't want us over here giving him excuses. Just like right. after the game, he said, don't blame the ankle. It was on me. Jimmy Butler screwed up in a huge moment when the lights were bright last night. Brandon's in Riviera Beach. Brandon is on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, B? Yeah, there's something I'm not hearing enough about. Um, everybody's putting the blame on Jimmy and the shooters that didn't show up, but nobody's really talking about Bam. I mean, three years ago, bubble Bam was a real thing, and uh, we thought we had a, a piece in the front court to go with Jimmy, and nobody's talking about it. The man isn't the defensive threat that we thought he was going to be, and he's become oh. uh, kind of a broke man's DeAndre Ayton with these uh, six-foot throw-ins instead of getting the <laughs> Now, I'm, just bamming it down. Brandon, I'm with you on offense. Bam has Bam has come up short time and time again. He was playing as if Jokic was Bill Russell for some reason, not attacking him at the rim. But defensively, Bam Adebayo still is giving the Heat the same stuff he was giving him back in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, how many triple doubles did Joker have? <laughs> like 40. Stop. Yeah, who's stopping Jokic from a triple double, though? 
Not me. Yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Appreciate that's that's real though, Brad. I appreciate the call. Bam does deserve some of the blame, at least offensively, because Stone five games in, five games in, we've, we when you Caleb Martin was attacking Jokic harder than what Bam Adebayo would do when he had the ball in his hands. Caleb Martin, who's all of six 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 seven, slender frame, has some athleticism to him. Obviously, can get up there, but he was going at the rim when Jokic was down there, and Jokic was letting him. But when Bam had the ball, he would turn, look at Jokic, and something he would just piss down his leg. Yeah, and, I, and I think, you know, shout out to Brandon calling out Bam because I think it's it, it's somewhat bold to do that. I personally thought he played his ass off Bam last night. Bam is great. I think offensively great. he was attacking Jokic. He was running through no, his chest, wasn't. finding no. the rim. There were times when this was a one-possession game when the Heat were up by four that Bam was putting the ball on the ground and running through Nikola Jokic's chest. And we hadn't typically seen that. So I guess it came in spurts last night. Yeah. And I guess it, it, it hadn't come up so much throughout the series that when I saw it, I was like, hey, there we go, Bam. That's what we're looking for. There, so, were some progress, so, there was progress there here so and there. A little flash in the pan that got me excited. But I, I thought he played his ass off last night. I know he shot about 50%. I know he gave us a dub. And, he, and he, I think he had 12 boards. He played well last night. And, but I do understand where Brandon's calling from because he deserves to be a top two, three, four, big in the league. He's got the athleticism. He just don't have the cojones. I don't think he, I don't think he can let him hang it and do his thing out there. You're, you're right about, like, so here's what I would say. I, w- I would have to, for Bam Adebayo, we have to come to a realization of he is what he is at this point. He's not going to be a huge offensive threat. I think we get into this same trap with Anthony Davis from time to time. Because they show flashes of being great offensively, you will expect that out of him every night. He can't give that to you consistently on a night-to-night basis, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Who's to blame for the Heat's Game 5 and NBA Finals loss? We've got Anthony in West Palm Beach. Anthony is on Ken Levick Alive. What's happening, Anthony? What's going on, guys? Uh, it's been We've had better days, but you know what? We're thankful for the journey. But for you, you watched Game 5. You saw what happened to the Heat down the stretch. Who do you put the blame on for the Heat uh, falling the way they did in Denver? I'm going to blame it on the front office. You know, throughout the season, we had our flaws, and, you know, it really showed up in the finals. In the playoffs, you know, we played extremely well because of Jimmy Butler, so I'm not going to give him the blame because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be in this position. You know, throughout the, the series, the Knicks series, the Bucks series, um, and even the Boston series, Jimmy's number was always called. And um, unfortunately, you know, in the in the finals where it matters the most, he doesn't show up. But um, we have other players on the bench as well that um, they didn't, didn't play. Yurstevich. They also had Jamal Kane. They also had um, Tyler Hero. They could have played on at least two minutes. Yeah, you know. And unfortunately, hey, we'll be back next year. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm a Heat fan for life. And they did great. You know, we just ran into a dynasty, in my opinion. So I have a question for you, Brandon, though, because would you be in a Heat lifer, a Heat fan for life, as well as a supporter of Jimmy Butler and this bunch, do you still have the same faith? Because I feel like myself as well, I'm a Heat fan. I had an unwithering faith that in the big moments and in any finals, any series, any moment, I relied on Jimmy Butler to make the right play, the right shot. Make or miss, I can deal with it, but make the right plays. He made the wrong plays last night. How does that change how you perceive him as the number one for this Heat team going forward? I, I agree. You know, he he needs he needs another another score. Miami needs another score. That's why in the buyout market, 
you know, when they went to go get Kevin Love, you know, we love Kevin Love and all, but they could have got Russell Westbrook. They could have got um, mm. another scorer to complement what they need in Miami, and that's that's another another guy to really move the pace um, with the other guys. Yeah, that's real. And I think, again, Russell Westbrook, I'm not sure how well that would have worked out, but you make a point <laughs> that needs more on this roster, so the front office can be to blame. I appreciate the call there, Anthony. It is uh, a little bit of blame game going around, but maybe we don't keep that going. Maybe we shift the focus because these Miami Heat have been good to us this year, um, so good to us this season. They, I mean, Stone, they did give us two extra months of basketball that we didn't think we would be getting. Are we turning the leaf to the praise game? The praise game. I'm on board. You're on board? I'm on board with the praise game. I, oh. I, I think they're deserving of it. Then how about this? We're going to take a break. I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll go take a restroom break. I'll maybe grab myself a coffee and then I'll try and shift my mood. I'll try and get things going because one, one big thing that I did love about this stone, everybody was defending Jimmy Butler. I, I mean, it, it was awesome. It, it is awesome. That's pretty cool to see. And I, I think there was something coming in this morning prepping for the show that we were questioning. Yeah. Like we weren't sure. Because obviously Twitter's accessible. Like yeah. we know how dirty it gets in those streets. And, and Jimmy's basically <sighs> was getting his head chopped off. Like he I don't was. I don't know any other way to put it. Like they were killing Jimmy last night. And I think a lot of us were, but I, I think everybody's had some time to sleep on it, come back with a different mindset. It is good to see people haven't turned their back on Jimmy. He's still Teflon here in South Florida in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. That's Don Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. We come back here on Ken Levick Alive. We are going to show some love to these Miami Heat. They gave us two free months of basketball that we didn't expect to have and also another NBA Finals appearance. We're live on Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Wait, is that is that Derek White over there? Is that Josh Harden and Jalen Brunson in, in the distance? Is that Oh Stone, look, look! Oh, I think I see Giannis. We're on vacation. I didn't imagine it ending this way. I didn't imagine being on vacation. This is not how we wanted to be here. In a losing effort, but as I look through the uh palm trees and they're blowing in the wind, the sun is out. There's no rain. There's no overcast. It's vacation, baby. It's good times. No longer do we have that seven-foot mammoth of a being who also is so elegant on his feet, softest touch in the league, and Nikola Jokic standing in front of us now. Instead, it's a nice nice bartender with a, with a drink. What's that, a Mai Tai? Why, thank you. Vacation's nice. It's a lot less stressful on this side. <laughs> Theo Dorsey. ESPN 106.3's coverage on WPTV and WFLX Fox 29. In for Ken Levick, who's actually on vacation right now on a cruise. Alongside Stone Lebanowitz, licking our wounds from what was, uh, I mean, it was just a rough night. It was a rough night. It's been a rough NBA Finals. The Heat, now that we're in, we can have like more hindsight Stone, it feels like we can say they never even really had a chance in this series. The Miami Heat lose in five. The game that they did win was game two on the road where Jamal Murray even had a shot to even it up at the end but missed it. It wasn't like it was just excellent defense. He got a good look and missed it. And here in game five, the Heat teased us again. It made us feel like they had a shot to win it down the stretch. Was in the game, had a lead for a majority of the game. But those Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, they were just better. 
Yeah, I, I think the one, the one stat that, that jumped out and, and really almost made me stand up off the couch was the fact that when Denver took the lead, I think, with five minutes left in that game, and the score bug, the graphic came up that it was the first Denver Nuggets lead since 18-16 in the first, first quarter. And so you think about it. We've brought up all the shooting uh, numbers. We, we've brought up you know Jimmy's mishaps and not even having double digits heading into the fourth quarter. But they controlled the game still, no matter what. They managed to muck it up. Spo managed to do his thing for a little bit, make sure they weren't hitting shots from beyond the arc. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was doing it to himself. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, like, I, he he's was, like the seven-foot Russell Westbrook. He was playing for us just like Cody Zeller was playing for them. It was, it was like a trade. <laughs> they, they evened each other out. It was Bad. like four-on-four four out there when oh, they were both on the court. Bad. But I, I, it's surprising when you look back, and I think – you know, no, none of us are going to go watch this game again. It's not no, one of those games. I can't. I can't. <laughs> don't, don't pack a punch like that. But the Miami Heat controlled for majority of this game and had a lead in the fourth quarter and managed to let it slip. So that one stuck out to me. As we play the blame game and also we're giving flowers, we've, we've decided to change it up and give people an opportunity to just reflect, to just be able to sit back and reflect. We're now on vacation. We don't have to be so uptight and tense. We can reflect on what this season was, what this playoff a run was and what the NBA Finals was. You can either give blame to a certain player or being, or you can give your flowers. And while we're in this moment, I, I do think it's only right that we give flowers to Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is a championship point guard. He got his ring, I know, with Kawhi Leonard. People say it was a fluke year. Yeah, KD got injured and Clay got injured and Steph was by himself. And Whatever you want to say, Kyle Lowry is an NBA champion and he earned his stripes with the Toronto Raptors. And what Kyle Lowry did in this game, when he realized that Jimmy Butler didn't have it, and again, Jimmy didn't blame the ankle. He didn't blame fatigue. He just didn't have it. He was missing shots when he was taking them. And at a certain point, it felt like he was afraid to shoot. And you know who wasn't afraid, Stone Lebanowitz? Kyle Lowry. The same guy that for the past year and a half, Heat fans have been hosing at every chance. The dude is out of shape. The dude doesn't want it enough. He's always injured. He's old. He's past his prime. He needs to cut him. Why do we go get Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry, and this is why the front office made that astute move of going out and getting him, is a championship pedigree player and a guy that on the margin can help you win. He did his job last night. He did enough to help the Heat win last night. Four for nine from downtown, 12 points. He was plus five in his 34 minutes. I mean, he was good. Two steals in a block. He went up and grabbed nine boards. Nine rebounds. And he got so, so many of those long rebounds. And you remember the one where the Heat, it was an offensive tap, where Kyle Rowley came over the back and tapped the ball away from, from, um, from Aaron Gordon, who seemed to be gobbling up rebounds and everything for the Nuggets as well. He taps it away and, and recovers a Heat possession. Kyle Lowry made so many championship-winning plays. And I feel like, again, it feels blasphemous to say, but Jimmy Butler... And his missteps and his shortcomings in that fourth quarter took away from what was going to be another legacy Kyle Lowry game. Like, if the Heat extend that series, we're praising Kyle Lowry. We're, we're talking about all of those little plays. Now all of those little plays that Kyle Lowry made, all of those brave, bold, bravado three-pointers that he took from 30 feet out and was sinking and was making the defense play him honest, all of that stuff goes by the wayside because the Heat losing five. It was very reminiscent of game three or four. Jamal Murray, when the Miami Heat were playing well, had some of these back-breaking three-point shots that you just were like, oh, they're Man. going to keep coming. Like They have that assassin who's going to do that. 
That was Kyle Lowry last night. Kyle, and he, Kyle. You mentioned he only had 12 points, and all of them came from beyond the arc, but every single one of those threes meant something to the scoreline. Like the Heat were up two, bang, he'd hit when they go up five, right? You're allowed to play a little differently. Yeah. They, they lose the lead, Denver goes up one, bang. Boom. Kyle Lowry hits a three, and they retake that lead. I, that kept happening with Kyle Lowry, and that all comes from pedigree. So he's definitely deserving of some flowers, and you, you just have to think, heading into that game, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler knew that it was going to be them too. Yeah. Right? You can't really put and your Bam. faith in, in a bunch of young guys. And Bam. Bam's going to be Bam. Yeah. I don't think Bam's level ever changes, and I think that's the problem. He's super consistent. But as far as how we're going to drag these guys past the finish line and hold them up and let them play well above their means, hate to use that. Thanks, Jalen Brown. <laughs> Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler were going to be the ones doing that. They're the ones who sit side by side in every postgame press conference. I think they're the two tightest on the team when it comes to you know, being grown-ass adults and whatnot. And, and Kyle Lowry did his thing, and Jimmy Butler did not. And, and I, I think he's deserving of some flowers, and Jimmy Butler's deserving of some blame. He is, and that's what I'm doing. I'm giving blame to Jimmy Butler, and I'm giving my flowers to Kyle Lowry. I'm giving you your opportunity here on Ken Vic Alive to choose which route you want to take. You want to be the eternal optimist and the happy Heat fan? Then go ahead, give some flowers out for this finals run. If you want to be like me, and, and you're mostly leaning on the side of who to blame less than 24 hours from having your heart broken, then yeah. Let us know what that is as well. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And yes, Jimmy Buckets deserves the blame. Ernie. Ernie is on Ken Levick Alive. Ernie, what's happening with you? What's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. I'm sorry you guys lost. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, no, 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 no. Come listen, on. I'm win a the Knicks heat. Fan. Yes. No, 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 no. Listen. You guys know, I'm a Knicks fan, yeah. One, first and foremost. But I'm a basketball fan, and I said it weeks ago, you guys play with guts, you play with gusto, you guys play with dogs. But to blame Jimmy, uh, okay, he brought you there. Yes, he threw the most crucial mistake at the end of the game. I'm saying that I don't think he was 100%. I don't know. What gave that away? Was it Josh no Hart? Rip? Was it your guy? Putting a hit out on Jimmy mid series was that was that what gave it away, Ernie? I'm gonna I'm not even want to say that, but <laughs> yes, sir, he got hurt. He, he did get hurt in that series, and he was limping ever since. He didn't wasn't 100. percent And then the prior game, what two games ago was it? Game four? Yeah. Well, no, game 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 two or uh, two or three that he re-injured the same ankle, and he wasn't the same since. And that game last night. Everybody must have been paying attention to everything, everything else because I was looking at his foot. I never saw anyone being so tentative. Did anyone not see it? He was tentative on that foot. He wasn't explosive. Um, on that pivot foot, I'll give you a good explanation. On that pivot foot, when he made that mistake, did you not notice what foot he was on? Yeah. Yeah, he was on the ankle. Okay. He was on the ankle. He couldn't lift off the ankle. He could have turned around and lift and tried to take a shot, but he had, <laughs> he was on that messed up ankle. He couldn't lift. He was stuck. That right there was my, was what I needed to, to, to guarantee, to pretty much give me the explanation that he was hurt because he did not jump off that leg. He did not want to come off that leg. Instead, he threw it away. And again, I don't know who was the first person that threw it away in the first quarter. I think it was Bam that threw it to a phantom heat player. Yeah. He saw red and he, he threw it off, and I was like, I don't know, man. Jimmy should not take it off the entire game because that's what it looked like he was doing. Like, he took off the entire game kind of knowing that it was going to go down to him at the end. I don't know if that was his tactic 
It looked like that because then he turned it on for like, it was like five minutes. All right, it's Jimmy time. And he didn't have his legs. He didn't have his legs. That's- he tried his best. He, he tried his best, but with, it, with that leg messed up, and then nobody else. I mean, come on. You guys don't want to blame the role players. They got him there. You guys, you guys are talking about the undrafted players that made up the team that got you there. Listen, I'm sorry. You have to blame them. There was no coming back. There was no other game. You had to put it on the line. These guys didn't make their shots. They should have made their shots. They were, had open buckets. Some of them were contested shots that made no sense to me. They should have gave an extra pass. But, hey, guys, like you said, you got two months of extra basketball. What are you guys complaining? You guys got a good team. Yeah. I don't know about next year. Next year is a big th- – I'm going to say the next year is the Eastern Conference is a throw-up because everybody's up for grabs. Um, guys, have a good have a good day. I'm sorry about your season. Yeah, but hey, let's go Knicks and don't worry <laughs> uh, about it. Oh, uh, you're done. He's done. Don't you're worry done. about it. Miami fans, Miami fans. You're done. Get him out. Get him out. Get him out. That new. If any more Knicks talk, I couldn't take any more of that. Thanks, Ernesto, for the call, and also thank you for fi- giving me a new guy to blame. I forgot all about Josh Hart. This yeah. is Josh Hart's fault. That, uh, God, yeah. I question what Ken would do if he saw Josh Hart in the street. Yeah. I, I think Ken would get physical with Josh Hart. Yeah, I think he, he ruined the entire playoff run. We to, would, to a lot of hate fans. Now, and, and again, congratulations, Josh Hart. I know you're a father now. You have your kids to take after. I would never challenge a dude within months of having kids. I feel like you get that new dad strength, right? Like that's a that's a that is a dangerous dude to be messing with. <laughs> a dude that got bounced out the playoffs and he's got the new dad strength. And his bones are probably a lot stronger, a lot of calcium with all the breast milk. That's true too. I forgot about all the breast milk who's drinking. That's what's which is um. Which is a question that I just don't. We're not going. We're not getting into that. No, Josh Hart. If we see you in the street, we're not going to get physical with you because we know you have the new dad strength. But damn it, we want to. You're to blame for the Heat losing the five. When we come back, Stone, we do have to address how how idiotic of a take Jimmy Butler had um, in regarding one of the highest highest praises you can ever get as an athlete. We have to address it. It's Ken Levick alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. You know, vacation isn't so bad when you think about the fact that at least Nikola Jokic can't go on vacation yet. He has Thursday. to wait. Yeah. He can't go home yet. What's vacation like for him anyway? Um, like, so he, he rides his horses. Yeah. I, uh, I think he swings the tennis racket around a little bit. A little tennis action. I can't see him on a tennis court, though. I think he's too big. He's a little big. He's nah. a little clunky for a tennis court. There's some pretty big tennis players. You have a great serve if you're big. Like that one dude, the tall dude that played, uh, is it Eisner? John Isner. John Isner, yeah. He played in a really long match. That's right. Like 6'8". Yeah, University of Georgia grad. Isn't there other kid that's from the, Riley Opelka? Opel- Opelka. Nice, right? Riley Opelka. Opelka, yeah. He's lives, from down, here. lives down here in South Florida. There we go. A little tennis talk on Ken Levick a lot. <laughs> that's how you know it's vacation time. Yeah, that's, how you, that's exactly how you know it's vacation time because I want to do anything but basketball talk. But we're here. And we're talking hoops because the Heat just fell in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. They're on vacation officially. And with the jump shot and the pass that Jimmy Butler made late in the fourth quarter, it looked like he was kind of clocked into vacation at halftime. Like, maybe he decided at that point, you know what, I got some, uh, had some plans. I got my Hilton Honors points. I used them already. It's non-refundable. I mean, I've already got the spot booked out. I didn't think I'd be playing 
tomorrow or the next day. So we got to get this thing wrapped up. That's what it felt like to me, the way he shot that. I mean, there's no, even if that was like Steph Curry, that would have been a bad shot that Jimmy Butler took over Aaron Gordon. But he's Jimmy Butler. So it's a terrible shot. I mean, it was awful. Something, Something inside me feels like it's so wrong. Just so wrong to be going after Jimmy Butler. I know. Like, and I think we do know that. Like, I'm we, scared doing it. I'm we, nervous. Yeah, I mean, we don't know who's listening, yeah. who, who, who's out here, who's got a problem with it. And I think most people do have a problem with it, and you should have a problem with it. But I think it's because we hold him at such a high standard. We don't expect him to take those bad shots. We don't exactly. expect him to have eight points going into the fourth quarter. So I think Jimmy, like you said a second ago, would want us to be hard on him. Like He knows that all of this is warranted. He understands what comes with being the one and the superstar and the sole proprietor uh, who got them to this point. So that makes me feel a little less worse. But, I mean, poor Jimmy, because he has a lot of cleaning up to do when it comes to his legacy. He's got a lot of questions to answer. He is no longer Hemi at the moment. Speaking of legacy, Jimmy Butler kind of brought this on himself. And do we have time to to play this clip, Stone? We can play it. Yes, we can. (laughs) It sounds like we don't have We do. Were you about to do a chant there? You, we can play it. Yes, we can. We can play it. Yes, yes, we can. Yeah, I'm like, what What was that? Are you getting me hyped for this clip? <laughs> we can play it. Because this is actually, this is something that I, I want to be able to have the time to take to actually, to actually discuss it. Because I think when people first hear what Jimmy Butler said, and this was ahead of game five of these NBA finals, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of harsh reactions. It's, it's, it's a pretty polarizing take by Jimmy Butler because it's something that people – Harold so high. So how about this? We're, we're going to give it time. We're going to give it some time for us to actually soak in so I can give it the proper context and we can talk about it. I don't want these phone lines blowing up and people coming at Jimmy Butler after they defended him for the past hour after I was casting all that blame on him. So we'll do that. We'll go to break. We come back on Ken Levick Alive. You'll hear right from the mouth of Jimmy Butler something that has been, I mean, at this point has a lot of people turning on him. Even the man who just announced it's his final day at Fox Sports on Undisputed, Shannon Sharp, came hard at Jimmy Butler over this. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty compelling stuff. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3.